are live. Eric Butler, we are live. This is real. Welcome back to Unauthorized Opinions, uopod.com. Like, share, subscribe. It's pure propaganda and it's super cringe, by the way. An unopened can of orange soda just chilling <laughs> in the parking lot. I was like, yeah, I got to vote for Trump, dude. It, it's great here. A lot of fat chicks and a lot of screaming. <laughs> Your podcast f- sucks. It's mental, mate. Hello. I love you. Actually, I don't, Eric Butler. It's the Doors, if you didn't know who that is. No? No? Eric, are you alive? Eric, are you alive? Frozen in time? He's probably muted or something in his headphones. Uh, welcome to Unauthorized Opinions. I try to sound exactly as I do on the intro, and we are live on Rumble. There goes Eric. He's having problems. We're live on Rumble, we're live on Getter, we're live on Twitter, and of course YouTube. We're going to knock on wood this time already because we're not demonetized on YouTube. I'm going to double check right now. Okay, we are demonetized on YouTube. I thought for the first time in like eight months that we weren't automatically demonetized on YouTube. I just challenged it. So please like and subscribe because there's no way around the censorship every single time we go live. We get censored. We are on Getter. We are on Rumble. Rumble has been good to us as of late. So we're going to keep going here. And what better than to keep going but with Chris Christie and Donald Trump? Donald Trump is, you know, the Republican front runner. And Chris Christie is, I think, pulling at about 10%, Eric, in line in some polls with uh, Ron DeSantis. And the problem with that is, is that DeSantis is, you know, getting a lot more media help from the right wing. But Chris Christie made headlines, Eric, um, by saying that he could beat up Donald Trump. Can you hear us, Eric? I can hear you now. Okay, thank God. So Chris Christie is saying that he could kick Trump's ass. Before you got here, I was just saying that we weren't demonetized for a moment there on YouTube. Um but now we but are in monetized little, again. Yeah. yeah. I assume that moment it took me to leave and come back, they would figure it out. They did. They most certainly did figure it out. I'm seeing that we're getting a little bit of a, a little bit of pixelation on my end from the live stream. But the uh, hopefully the video uh, fixes itself. But uh, everything else looks fine. I would kick his ass, Chris Christie. Both he would take down Trump in UFC fist fight. UFC fist fight. That kind of tells me. Um, that uh, we're not we're not too sure what he's saying or we're not too sure what's going on. <laughs> but Kyle Becker wrote this for Trending Politics News, which is interesting. I didn't know he wrote for them. Republican presidential candidate. No, trending. Hang on. Trending Politics. Um, Kyle Becker. Who do you know who else is affiliated with him? No, I don't. So I think I, I met a gentleman in D.C. a couple of years ago who I think like was associated. His name is... Um, Clay, anyways, I, I didn't know if you knew anybody else from because neither here nor there. Moving on, I just I want to figure out exactly what this <laughs> maybe it's just an, a, a story aggregate. Who knows? Um, okay. The former governor of New Jersey made remarks on Piers Morgan, and we'll t- we'll uh, bring that up in a second. I would kick his ass, he said. He boasts about Trump. Um, if they ever got into a UFC fight, which of course isn't a thing, but uh, we'll see what he has to say. If you and Trump got in the a room, UFC fist fight, he loves his UFC and stuff like that, right? If you got in the octagon, you and him, who'd, who'd win? Come on. Guy's 78 years old. I'd kick his ass. <laughs> I mean, we know that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg apparently going to get in. Yeah, I can't wait for that you one. Want, do you want to be on Did the you un- see that picture of Zuckerberg? Yeah. Looking pretty buff. It does. If I were Elon, I'd be a little bit worried. I mean, would you be prepared to be on the undercard? You against Trump? Look, I'll fight Donald Trump anywhere he wants, in any <laughs> in arena he wants, um, whether it's on a debate stage or in the uh, octagon. He's mocked your weight, Trump. Yeah, look at him. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes, come on. I mean, look, you know what? Here's the, here's the bottom line, Pierce. I, you know, for the last 30 years, I've struggled with my weight, like tens of millions of Americans struggle oh with their God. weight. And there are times where I do well, and there are times when I don't do very well. Um, and it's a struggle. And for him to be such a child, an infant, and make those kind of remarks, especially, I guess, when he's staying up in Bedminster, New Jersey, there are no mirrors where he is. <laughs> because all he needs to do is look at himself 
And what he should do first, work on himself. Mm. Then when he gets himself, because, you know, he wears those ties, mm. you know, eight the feet long. Longest ties, yeah. yeah, eight feet long because he told me this because they slenderize him. Mm. Let me tell it. Fail. <laughs> Not work. He's calling Trump childish, but then he said he's going to kick his ass, Eric. So color me unsympathetic to that. He also pointed out that Trump's almost 80 and Chris Christie's 60, yet he weighs probably 100 pounds more than him. In doing the thumbnail for this episode, Chris Christie's last known weight was like 344 and Trump's weight on his um, that uh, physical that they made him 344? do. 344? Yeah, let me, let me pull it up for a second. 350 and Trump is 244. So he's 100 pounds heavier than Trump, even though he's 17 years younger than Trump. And Trump's number is up to date as of 2020. So, come on, Chris Christie. Who are we kidding? Trump uh, actually walks around. I don't know. He is old, but like, if we're actually going to talk, analyze this is like it's a fight. Chris Christie has about 15 seconds before he's too tired to do anything. Okay. Well, I will say he is right uh, because look, I think no matter how you slice it, I'll get, I'll give him credit first because I do kind of this guy's terrible. So I'm going to start with, he's right in saying that Elon Musk should, if they're actually going to fight, if that's actually going to happen, then maybe Elon Musk should be a little bit concerned, right? Because Zuckerberg is looking in shape, right? He's a robot, whatever. He, he does look better than Elon Musk. Obviously, he's a little bit smaller, right? And I'm no fight. And as you well know, I don't even, I don't participate in the sport at all. But that said, Elon Musk should be a little bit concerned because Zuckerberg does look like he's ready to kick the crap out of him. That said, Pierce is here again doing his ambulance chasing, latching on to the trending topic. Oh, Zuckerberg, Musk, now Trump, Christie. So Pierce is doing his thing again. And look, I don't follow him, so I don't know. Like, maybe he does have good content, but it always just sort of seems to piggyback on somebody else. Like, e even a guy like Tucker, who sort of sets the narrative. Or even Stephen A., who sort of sets the narrative. And I guess I guess it kind of makes us look bad because we're constantly piggybacking on the narrative, neither here nor there. Um, Pierce is the number, as far as I'm concerned, the number, the number one ambulance-chasing media personality. And then Chris Christie, it's like, who, who is this for, bro? I mean, I'm sure he might have somebody in the country who thinks like I like Chris Christie and he stands a chance and he's better than Trump. And I like this weirdo establishment rhino personality, but who is this really for? What, what is your demo, bro? <laughs> who, who, uh, honest question. I mean, we know, we, we, uh, we know that Trump appeals to, right. Trump appeals to a lot of people as much as the media wants to pretend that he doesn't, you can go to any hood basically in all of America and a lot of street reporters from SAV and, Elijah, a handful of people have showed us that you can just go to a hood gas station or, or even a Ami Horowitz. Everybody, like, we can sort of see the cross-section of a Trump. doesn't even have to be a Trump supporter, but somebody who might think he's funny, who might think he's entertaining. Who Who is Chris Christie targeting? Uh, uh, the Homer Simpson types <laughs> in New Jersey? or or I mean, who is this for, bro? You, you're not going to out-Trump Trump, right? You, you want to talk trash and you want to be a tough guy? You're you're playing in his sandbox, right? Which is a thing that the right wing, the the. I hate to use I hate to like fall into the paradigm discussion, but the common sense right wing typically does is they always want to say, well, we just need to get more African Americans or whatever. Mm -hmm. They try to play in in somebody else, you know, play somebody else's game. Who are you attracting with that? I mean, that's an honest question. Who's on your team? Who's who's guiding you in this? What did you think was going to happen? Do you think that you're really going to say, oh, I would I would beat him up? <laughs> Who, who's that appealing to? Some bums. Um, yeah, I think... <laughs> <laughs> is my video quality better now, by the way? It, unfortunately, it's not on my end. It looks a little grainy. That's bullshit. Um, yeah, why is this so grainy? All right, we're going to go with, with the screen to de-emphasize it then. Um, but... I think it's just gonna it's just another play for, you know, the way to get fundraising dollars. The way we talked about Andrew Yang in the past, how he 
basically has no hope in winning. Every t- He's run for mayor. He's run for president. Run, 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 run. I say all these things. You're going to get some people who give you money. There's people giving Mike Pence money. There's people giving Ron DeSantis money. DeSantis has never pulled over 16% in the Republican primary race. I'm sure there's tons of people giving um, JFK Jr. or RFK Jr. He's super hunky. That's true. He does take his shirt off a lot. I'm sure there's tons of people giving him money. There's a benefit to running. And then you take all this money. Jill, was it Jill Stein from the Green Party back in the day? All this money, they made $7 million for the recount that never happened. You make all this money, and sure, you can't spend it on, I can't go and buy myself a boat, you know, but you can sure go and say, we have a business trip to go on with our campaign, or we're going to have consulting companies that uh, my friends work for, and all this stuff. So when you get these boatloads of money coming in, it just makes it easier so that when you do other stuff, you don't have to take money out of your own pocket. You run now. Do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, yes, I think you're right. Obviously, somebody's going to give him money, but are we talking boatloads? This to me smacks of. I mean, this is almost parody, bro. This reminds me of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," right? Like, when, I don't know if you remember when Frank says, "It's always just some jerk off getting into politics for the payout." You know what I mean? It's just like, who who is it like? Yes, he's going to make money, but is it really going to be that substantial? He's I'm sure he's already doing quite well for himself. I'm sure he doesn't absolutely he doesn't need the money, but it just feels like there's no goal, right? Like there's no he we all know he doesn't stand a chance, right? We all know that. So what is the wouldn't you know. like to raise it, one point six five million? For yes, kind of nothing. Like Just, I mean, are you familiar with the Sunny episode or no? It's yes, like an of early course. On episode. Okay, okay. So that's what this exactly feels like. It's like just some, quite literally, some jerk off getting into the race for the payout. That's literally what this is. Well, one, let's say it costs you three hundred grand or something, maybe a bit more. Even if it costs him one million dollars to go around and fr- fly privately. He's still making 650 grand for just go around and talking and doing nothing. Republican presidential candidate Chris Christie raised 1.65 million over the first 25 days of his candidacy through June 30th, according to former New Jersey governor's latest fundraising report. Um, Mike Pence, who raised less than 1.2 in the second quarter. Christie campaign had 1.9 available cash as of June 30th, 1.59 as of June 30th and no debt. This support comes from 40,000 donors in all 50 states. So we're going to do some quick math here, Eric, and see what the average donation is. We've got one, five, nine, one, two, three, six zeros divided by 40,000, $39.75 per person. So the average Chris Christie donor is giving about $40, which is really substantial. Uh, That's a lot of money. I think if you think about somebody coming to your doorstep, or are you going online and you punching in $40? That's a lot of money to throw behind Chris Christie, who hasn't done anything in the past six years. He had to resign, I believe, from the governor of New Jersey. I don't remember. Or did he just lose? All I remember is the big... I think he, I think he just lost. I, I, the scandal where he, right w- he shut down the beaches and then all they did was just take aerial photos of him laying on the beach by himself, which is something we can find. Um, so, But I, I think, I guess I'm... I'm understanding this like as we speak, right? Him saying oh, I would beat him up is literally just to get people like us talking about it, which in turn will lead to more donors. If you, is, that, is that what's happening? I guess so. But if you donate to Chris Christie because he says he'll beat Trump up, then I would liken you probably to some sort of enraged leftist. Because if Pete Buttigieg or somebody went around <laughs> and said he was going to punch Trump or... um. Beto O'Rourke said he was going to ollie over Trump's corpse or something like that. You'd go, woo, my body, my choice. Here's $40. And that's right. They'd be from the South if they were voting for Beto. Robert O'Rourke. And I'd I'd wager you're a bit of a lunatic if you want to do that. Sorry. Have we heard from, have we heard much? So that's very, very Canadian of you. <laughs> um, have we heard much from, you know, minor left turn here? 
When is the last time we heard anything out of Beto? Where has he been? Uh, skateboarding, maybe at Tim the Tim Cast House, the skateboard park that nobody's <laughs> seen. Who was it? Who was the girl that went on and said she didn't even get a tour of the skate park? One of those uh, surf turf surf and turf ladies. I don't know. The people who support with, with the le- the leftist chick, yeah, the weird leftist chick people who here. support the really weird stuff on um on one of those channels. We're going to do a check on like my feed seems fine, but I'm going to guess that it's still grainy. It is a little grainy. Um, I mean, mine looks okay. Like it, my I look good on my end. You look a little grainy. I would say I'm not an expert here, but it's making its way back towards clarity. So it's better than it was, but still not perfect. <laughs> but from your end, does mine look okay? It's All right, like... you ramble for thirty seconds, Eric. I'm going to try to fix this. Um. Well, well, where am I starting? Give me something. What's Kamala Harris accidentally said she wants to reduce the population and go. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So Kamala Harris was sort of serving up another giant bowl, the, a big salad, as it were, a big, a big word salad like she loves to do and said that she and the establishment, the regime or whatever you want to call it wanted to reduce population. Now, most people are writing it off. Maybe not most people, but the establishment narrative is that, of course, that was a gaffe. Uh, we've been we've been trained to believe that whenever somebody says something that's a little bit out of pocket, it is a gaffe. Joe Biden is obviously number one gaffe machine of all time. And now Kamala, between cackling and words how it says that she wants to reduce the population and we're just supposed to take it in stride because of course if you notice a pattern or if you put two and two together or if you think that maybe there's a group of politicians or not even politicians but bureaucrats working against your best interests of course you will be deemed the conspiracy theorist so I'm not exactly sure what Kamala meant. Nobody's exactly sure what Kamala meant. She doesn't even know what she means. She has just become a sort of colored woman, a human shield for Joe Biden. And maybe I'm digressing a little bit here, but the Biden administration has surrounded the president with three notable women of color, as they like to say, in order to protect him from any criticism. So we have obviously Jumanji Brown Jackson. We have Kamala Tohar. I came back just in time for Jumanji Brown Jackson. Is this Uh, better now? I wish I could tell you it was, but it's not, unfortunately. Oh my God. We fit. There was a cord that was, (laughs) that got pulled out. We put it back in. All right, go ahead here. Wait, wait. So, uh, (laughs) Jumanji, Kamala, and, um, Who's the third one? Oh, of course, Black Diane, Kareem <laughs> Jean-Pierre. Uh, those have become his force field, his human shields from criticism. And so to wrap this up, the point is, I don't know what Kamala Harris meant. She, perhaps it was a gaffe because she, at her best, she is incompetent, right? At her worst, she's a completely evil political um political assassin i I don't know allegedly but i wouldn't put it past her to make a gap because she's completely incompetent she is not cut out for the job but there's also that chance and i lean more towards this that they are completely evil and she just once again is slipping and saying the quiet part out loud and telling you that that she wants to reduce the population and of course if you notice it if you make a reel about it if you make content about it if you say something about it then you are the conspiracy theorist making a, a mountain out of a molehill. And now, I don't know if you have the clip. Maybe we can play it. It shouldn't, shouldn't be that long. Do you have it? Yes, we do, Eric. Absolutely. So I sound like a jackass. Like public health. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. And they, and they clap. They it was wild seals. <laughs> that's the crazy thing see um i think it 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 is saying the quiet part out loud because kamala harris is talking about the thing they've said at the world economic forum they've said this at so many different uh you know gathering of the elitist minds 
um, where, I mean, you want to go Georgia Guidestones, everybody, where reducing the population is obviously something that they want to do. Now, nobody's saying that they want to directly moita people, which some people will say, <laughs> but they could also do things like say it's bad for the climate. You should really think about having kids in a state of the climate like this or be afraid to have kids, whether it's because you don't want to hurt the environment or you think the world's going to end or there's no acceptance for transgenderism. These are reasons why people are not millennials pretty much are saying they, that they don't want to have kids, Eric, because they well, fear what's, what's happening in the future, which is most likely misplaced. Well, um, I, I, here's the thing is that me giving her the benefit of the doubt in this particular situation is still saying that no matter how you slice it, it's awful. Like, yeah, maybe one is a little bit worse than the other, but if it's a gaffe, if it's a gaffe, then she's still just saying, I mean, it's still all completely nonsense. It's a lie, right? If she says, mm -hmm. if she's, if she means what she says, then it's completely evil. And in that little 15 second clip, say what she meant to say, and you can play it again if you'd like, but I think maybe if I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, she means reduce emissions or something, right? Because she's talking about the climate change stuff, whatever. Like. All right, let's hear it one more time. Okay, then. let's hear it one more time. Think about the impact on something like public health. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children mm -hmm. can breathe clean air and reduce pollution what she's still not saying anything though when we invest in reducing pollution when we invest in electric vehicles which people aren't buying by the way the electric vehicles are now piling up the same way the cars have piled up in racetracks across the uk and the united states it's they haven't been successful in shoveling it down people's throats and now when you compare them you'll notice if you watch these start watching these electric car commercials carefully eric very few of them actually show the car driving a lot of it's how it's parked and where it's uh where it's charging and how you can charge it at home or it's a cgi rendering like pictures of the earth from space um <laughs> i gotta throw that stuff in there right you're, you're clear though now it's, you're thank you clear. Okay. it's uh <laughs> The internet's a hell of a drug. So <laughs> they're failing it because they've pushed it. They didn't want to wait for, you know, their green energy buddies to make the money naturally. Because it would have happened if, if it was said 10 years, 10 years from now um, and nobody told you that you need to buy an electric car or else you're garbage. Then if it's not my only car, just like Joe Rogan in this case, where he's got 50,000 cars. If, if you have the money, you're probably going to buy an electric car. Why not? Like, it, it's cool. It goes fast really quickly, can't drive very far, but maybe 10 years from now, it can drive a lot further when the batteries are better, and then that makes it worth buying. They said that the average car was 29000 Well, now people who pre-ordered those um, F-150 Lightnings are finding that you can't really get one unless unless it's a 60000 or above after they, they booked them for... Uh, 39,000. So they've really tried to force it here, Eric. And what they continuously do is they make these goals and they make these promises that they can never keep. And they make these claims about the environment that never come true. The glaciers and the icebergs and the yeah. penguins and the polar bears and the lions and tigers and the bears. Oh my. And then none of it happens. And then you have literal stupid people like Kamala Harris come onto the stage and say, you know, the thing about trying hard is about the trying and the hardness of the try yeah. and stuff like that. And and you don't have an Al Gore and John Kerry, who we're going to get to. You have literal brain morons, as Mr. Burns would say, trying to propagandize people to the point where it, do it doesn't even matter. Because if they were to rely on these people, then they would be out of business. But the problem is, is that they have so many elites on their side that can drive this that it doesn't matter how well it actually does. It doesn't matter how well their ideas work, as we see in cities. Shout out Danny Mullen, New York City today, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Leroy. Detroit, Chicago. Shout out Leroy Press. All these places where their policies constantly fail, it doesn't matter because they cheat their way to the top. Yeah, well, of course, and here we are again, um, get, uh, using the assumption that they mean any of this stuff, which obviously they don't. It's all a game. Like you're the jokes on us, right? That's that's <laughs> jokes on us. They don't mean any of this. And um, so, yeah, the bottom line is no matter how you slice it, it's bad. Okay. Like she's, she's, 
she's either lying or she's evil, which has been my stance for a very long time now. And on top of that, as somebody who has recently driven clear across the country, made multiple road trips since in the last three or four years since the since the scariest virus on the planet appeared, um, how does that work? I mean, it, you know, not rhetorically, but like where where I if I drive three or four hours and fill up a tank full of gas, how does that work with it with an electric car? It will say Tesla because I think they probably are the biggest name in electric cars right now. But so do I stop at a charging station for an hour? Is there a line? I mm-hmm. mean, h- how does this how does this actually work? Because I know if I leave Phoenix, Arizona and drive three hours into the western portion of Texas, I can fill up my gas tank for whatever, 40 bucks, 60 bucks, whatever it might be. Okay. It actually in Texas it's the best it's been, which is probably still higher than it was in 2020 different story but you have that predictability you shout out bucky's you can go to bucky's you can get the cheap gas you can go get a a a pulled pork sandwich i mean where do you go and i say this from genuine experiences most people or anybody who has followed my content knows i've moved around i'm driving around in my little car does it work the same do i stop every three to four hours and fill up it takes me if I don't even go inside the gas station, it takes me five minutes tops to clear the windshield of bugs, fill up the tank, and get back on the road. How does that work with an electric vehicle? Oh, you're asking a legitimate question, not a rhetorical. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do, do, you, um, do you, try- you stop at the at the same gas station and put it on a charger for five minutes? It, no, it's. I believe it's usually like a dollar for a, like a, a minute for a mile. You know what I mean? Um, generally speaking, 60 minutes, you're going to get a 60 minute drive. These are big batteries, but what they tried to do in Canada is they commissioned this whole, let's build out the electrical charging grid, which of course we can throw to the famous clip where the guy admits, or the, the lady admits that the building, uh, no, it was a guy. They asked, uh, a there was one, female, there was one with a lady though. There was one. With yeah. A they asked a female politician how it's powered. She says the power comes from the building for the electric chargers. <laughs> then they ask a guy who works in the building. He says that coal plant down the street there is what powers the building. So, um, what they did in they Canada, they tried to build out this gigantic network of electric car charging facilities, charge stations, I guess you could call them. And they forgot where they put them. They didn't know where they put them. They wanted to, to make a map of where they all were. And they're just like, we don't know where we actually built them all. So they hired a third party who has an app. You know, there's apps out there that exist for where to charge your electric car. So they had to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars to get a third party to find all their charging stations so that the government could properly list them. I'll look that up in a second. So what Biden wants to do now is he wants to use... Uh, Elon Musk and his supercharging stations because no, they do have Elon the fastest Musk. charger. That's true, but we covered this a couple months ago where he wants to use Elon's method to not only reach the number of cars that they produce per year, the electrical cars, but to also reach the amount of car charging stations that they're hoping to get to, which they still will not reach. So take well, that as you California, will. California already has a problem with the electrical grid, right? As, yes, they do. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Um, it's all fake. It's all completely malicious. And uh, they would love nothing more than to control your every waking moment, neither here nor there. I mean, I'm just, and I'm sure if you were, last thing, as per my signature, um, I'm sure you would get the, I'm sure you would get the, the, the entire presentation on how this works when you go in there to buy an electric car. But, but I haven't looked into it. So I'm just genuinely curious how many miles, how many minutes, how many hours are you getting before you have to recharge again if you wanted to make a cross-country drive? Because I'll let you know on my trip, I didn't see any electric cars anywhere between Phoenix and Florida, right? <laughs> so so how many miles do you get? And when you are out, how long does it take for you to recharge? And I guess they would tell you that, or maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the Tesla salesman won't tell you that. I truly don't know, but neither here nor there, I guess. 
So they say that they want to build, they're building 65,000 new stations, but an industry group says you need to be building millions of stations. So now, Eric, we got to look up how many gas stations are there in Canada. But I'm guessing in, there isn't millions. But you can't do that in California because they, they're telling you you have to buy an electric car or there's not going to be any more new gas powered vehicles sold after 2030 or whatever it is. And then inside a week, they're telling you, actually, our grid is uh, under under stress and maybe maybe don't charge it we're, we're going to go ahead and ask you not to run your dishwasher not to run your your washing machine <laughs> yeah your, i mean it's absolutely through the roof and of course as we know if you are to notice any of it then you're the bad person so asking the questions is completely out of the realm of uh polite society so there are 11,893 retail gas stations in Canada. Um, and I just went ahead and was generous. And so there's 12 pumps at each station. That's 144,000 pumps. Cause I don't know if they, by 65,000 new charging stations, they mean like a gas station sort of thing. You would think so. Or if they mean by charging station, an individual thing that you can charge with. So I was generous and said that there's 12 pumps at every Canadian gas station, which would equal 144,000 pumps across the country. But they want to build millions of gas stations in Canada or charging stations in Canada. This makes absolutely no sense. It just goes to show you once again, like find me ex an example where we're talking about electric vehicles, where it's not com either completely unattainable in terms of their goals for everything or it's completely fabricated to the point where it doesn't make any sense and it's just a virtue signal. I would yeah. like to know, like, any point. Like, Elon Musk, I don't think he's an evil guy, uh, but I think that he is just out to make money and he's going to say his stuff is the best. And Tesla's probably going to be the best electric car. The expensive ones go ex insanely fast. you got the Cybertruck coming out, which is obviously, you know, the they, they have these sci-fi-esque portions to these cars that they, they do because he likes it. But none of this stuff is actually happening. And they have all these goals across the world, like 2050 in the in the European Union to get to zero emissions. And then in Canada, they, they want to do like 2030. And then the U.S. Zero emissions is completely fake, though, right? Zero. It, emissions again, is completely that's an, fake. it's it's they're offsetting it. They're saying if we take away the emissions from gas powered cars, that means that we can. You know, it's carbon neutral or carbon zero sort of thing. That means we can offset basically the other things, even though Canada has a deficit in terms of carbon emissions. Sorry to tell everybody we have a lot of trees, but, but it's fake, right? Because that's even, what I'm saying is that yeah, even even their stated goals, which are supposed to be amazing. Let's cut these emissions. Let's go net zero by 2050. It's just so they're still going to be doing the stuff that they do, but they're going to say, look how much we decreased our, our net emissions. Therefore it cancels out everything's everything we do. If we can get pe regular people to stop eating beef, stop having children and uh, you know, stop driving cars. Well, you we guys are doing everything we want. Suicide, right? Like you guys are just listen, going to the point where like, listen, you guys are just, <laughs> so you guys have taken it all the way, but even outside of that, you're never going to stop me from killing myself. <laughs> but even outside of the basically, you know what? You are the footprint that we want to reduce. Outside of that, are they just completely are they just completely ignoring what it takes to build these batteries? Right? So you can say yes. zero emissions, fine, but but that means that you are taking out that step, that essential step in creating these batteries and these electric vehicles. You're just eliminating that and pretending that it doesn't exist because I assume there's some emissions in that process. I'm no engineer, I'm no expert, but they're but those are in places where you know nobody cares about emissions africa and then if you do try to talk about it then they will go full in the other direction and say it's actually racist uh these things because you know they're in africa and they're near whatever they said in that australia article we talked about one time where they said it was you know a colonizer's thing to have the lithium mines even though it is a chinese colonizer's thing and, but nobody says anything about that. Nobody says how Elon Musk gets his batteries from China. I guess it'd be hypocritical of some people because of how many things come from China. But that's why I imagine they're building that uh, electric car battery plant in Pennsylvania so that they can uh, have their own batteries for all the F-150s. But this is going to fail. I promise you it's going to fail. In, at the very least, in the best case scenario, it loses money for a decade. And then eventually people start saying, well... 
electric cars are good enough now, we're going to buy them. Otherwise, Eric, they're just going to have to force it, which is what they're trying to do. And the EU is so pussified that they just go along with every, oh, BMW, Mercedes, or not Mercedes, yeah, Mercedes, BMW, Mercedes, Lamborghini, all these co- companies in Europe, all the best cars probably in the world, um, you know, German autos and, and, and English autos are really cool too. They just all go along with it even if it destroys themselves. That's how they do this stuff. Because what do they do? They they get in bed with the top companies like BlackRock, who is involved with Raytheon, of course. We can go get, get into the whole Ukraine situation with that. But they involve Shout out Solyndra. The- do you remember Solyndra? Shout out to them. No. but um, look, into, look into that. They, they get in bed with all these giant companies who just force it from the top down. Oh, you want insurance? ESG score. Oh, you want a loan? ESG score. You want a car? ESG score plus climate emissions, everything else. You got to agree with everything. Even if it doesn't work, Eric, they're going to take all the people from the top, they're going to shove it down your throat, and you're going to have like a Dubai situation on your hands. I was talking about this with my friends earlier, where you have no middle class, you have even no lower class. You have a slave class, you have the elite class. You have the slave class working to the point where they can't pay anything and they can't leave. And then you have the people benefiting off of it and you have, you know, a higher class of people from a different country until that runs out, um, fueling your economy with tourism and everything like that. And then when that runs out, you basically just have slaves and rich people and there won't need to be any tourism because you're just in slavery. You know, that's that's the inevitable, you know, Roman-esque, Chinese-esque, um, Venezuela-esque, you know, African warlord-esque inevitability communist russia-esque end game where it all goes to and i thank justin trudeau for this i thank him for cutting climate emissions and and it doesn't matter what anybody says the they say the carbon tax saves you money they actually tell you that taxing you saves you money because the part that they don't tell you they just expect you to drive less they think you're stupid that's the bottom line they think you're stupid it's all completely fake. It, it will. I do believe it will fail in the long run, uh, but I, you know you kind of have to give him credit for really trying so hard. If there if there was a common sense faction, if the common sense conservative or the right wing or whatever you want to call it tried half as hard as the ruling establishment tried, then this world would be a different place, right? Because and, and we see it on, on the very surface level, we see this when regular people start to apologize for using the word the, the wrong pronoun or whatever you know that's that's the most basic surface level right so where they're apologizing because they're going to get called an ist or an ism or, or whatever it's capitulation because they're spineless little cowardly weasels so if they would stand up and say no quite simply then it wouldn't be that bad right so i use the example i've used it several times before but i learned in my one of my past jobs that George Soros and the Open Society Foundation had a huge part in starting the legalization of medical medical cannabis in California in the 80s. And now fast forward to 2021 or whatever it was when it goes fully recreational and there's billboards for weed all over the place to make people docile, different story. What do you, I mean, they, they don't, they don't, they don't give up. So where, where uh, you know, a conservative, so to speak, would just give up and say, I'm sorry. And we're getting away from that now, right? Because it's finally maybe starting to bounce back. But they don't say sorry, right? They don't talk like you can't, you're never going to convince one of these weirdo delusional leftists with your logic because they don't care about the logic. They only care about their agenda, right? So that's why they can call Larry Elder a white supremacist. That's why they can call Vivek Ramaswamy a white supremacist is because they throw all logic out the window and they they have the laser focus on their agenda, which the other the other faction perhaps needs to get eventually. And this boils down to all all their things. Whether whether it's Rona, whether it's forcing you to wear a mask, whether it's forcing you to get a shot, whether it's forcing you to drive an electric car, whether it's forcing you to to cut the junk off your little boy, it works for all the same things. They don't care. They have their eyes on the prize. It's gotten them this far, and it's finally, I hope, finally starting to bounce back. 
Well, let's move on to John Kerry now and the climate agenda of things. <laughs> uh, Massachusetts representative. Um, I Can I just say, name. I'm sorry. John Kerry, he looks, like a, he looks like a cartoon of himself. Like He, he looks, looks like, like a, the a saggy cheeked dog. Yeah, okay. Mm, right. Talks like this. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, this representative is asking John Kerry if he ever had a flat, a private jet. He's like, no, I don't personally own a private jet. And they're just like, but these documents say that your wife has a private jet. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, yes, my wife has, has had a private jet, and I've flown on it sometimes. <laughs> oh, that, that's a completely different story. My friend said, that's like me saying... I don't have a house. My wife just owns the house. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's so insane. And the crazy thing about this is, if you look into John Kerry's family, you know his wife is Teresa Hines, heir to the Hines ketchup throne, by the way. And before she was married to a different congressman or a different senator, excuse me. And then he died, and then she just jumped ship to another politician. She's really marrying for love. Sounds Aaron. like um, Kimberly Guilfoyle. No shame. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> Mr. Secretary, uh, in, in exchange with Mr. Mills, you uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2023 that the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that you've never I, owned or I personally, your family, I by your family? personally, yes, my wife owned a plane. And so <laughs> you plane, flew on that plane? Been, uh, not in a number of years, and, but I have flown on it, sure. And this article is not then inaccurate, that your family owned a plane, you flew on a plane. There, my wife owned a plane. Here's the, here's the <laughs> issue. Yeah. This isn't some kind of partisan gotcha. When we are asking Americans to make serious sacrifices as we transition for the common good, and your family and yourself are flying around on private jets, that smacks of hypocrisy. It actually hurts your cause, Mr. Secretary. But I'll I'll move on. I just want to know from a record standpoint. Afford me the, the right at least to set the record straight here. I do not fly on a private jet. Uh, I do. I do on not Wednesdays, fly, I fly commercially. <laughs> have on you flown all on of a private jet since you've taken this position? Just, just let me let me just finish. I have flown five times in the last two and a half years on Millair, which you also fly on, sure. and or some of you who travel fly on five times. Otherwise, all of my trips are commercial. Have airlines. you flown on a private jet in a personal or official capacity since you've taken this position? Possibly once. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I think I just don't. I'm, I'm trying to think. Of I, the I date. think you need to take the broader point of how this appears to the American people no, as we're asking them to take that. Tell you why. Mr. I, you, you we're know, not asking you know Americans. We're not asking Americans not to fly. Yes, you, you are, know, you're, dude. You're trying to create- they've already done this thing in Europe where they've eliminated a whole bunch of the short flights. They've eliminated tons of flights that you know people would just use to travel around within Europe that are very cheap because they don't want you to fly. We're not asking Americans not to fly. Is that why we've inc- like the, the price of jet fuels way up? Is that why the price of gas is up? Is that why you know we're t- telling you that you have to sell electric cars and eliminate gas cars and he's just a, a bad liar Eric. He his face is a catcher's mitt. And he comes up here and he's like, well, what do you mean? It's actually my wife's jet. I don't actually fly. I've only flown five times since I've been in in power. I can't remember. I fly to the climate protests in in Europe, the the in the World Economic Forum, of course, he flies to. Well, it's just <laughs> utter nonsense. Just think about how condescending you have to be and how much of a jerk you have to be to to say. Well, I, I think I think I flew private on maybe once. I'm not sure, bro. Get, come on, get, give us a give us a break. You're trying to you're trying to be humble about like your your private flights. I, I think po- possibly once since I've taken. All right, let's back up. We're all not that stupid. I like to think that even the spineless little Republican weasels who are sitting up there behind their desk, if me and you, two jackass podcast hosts. Are like are we are we smarter than the Republicans? Are we more aware of what's happening than the Republicans on that stand? 
you can't talk to these people as though they're absolutely morons. Like, well, maybe, and technically my wife. Like, give us a break, bro. We're not that just. I was just going to say, he's got to get through the time. He knows the person asking him a question has a limited amount of time. So that's basically what it's about okay. getting through that time so he can obfuscate until then. What I have a, an also a problem with, with the representative there, uh, Waltz was his name, is that I disagree with his premise where we're all doing something for the greater good. And that's what that goes to what you were talking about earlier is how the Republicans and a lot of right-wing people, they want so badly to be liked by left-wing people and pretend as if they're doing it in good faith. You know, Ben Shapiro has always said, it's wrong to assume that the person you're arguing with is doing so in bad faith. And that can be true if you're in some sort of straightforward debate. But this Tim Pool says that too. Tim Pool like, yeah, says something. But like when that. you're in Congress and uh, in a hearing and the goal is, you know, we're all doing gotchas, it's not it's never in good faith which is why podcasts exist which is why rogan's popular which is why 200 degree bill maher is popular all this stuff tim pool because you can actually get answers out of somebody and when he just says when he goes up there and says well we're all doing it for the greater good no we're not doing it for the greater the greater good they're doing it so their preferred billionaires can make money <laughs> as opposed to oil billionaires who tend to be right wing or Saudis. They prefer their left wing billionaires who are communists or left wingers or Eastern Ukrainian oligarchs and such. It's <laughs> like, prefer- it's like thunder. There's always, sorry. There's like, I can't hear I can, Well, there's, there's thunder, but it's not raining yet, but it's going to start <laughs> raining. It, it's and, and it like flickers the lights. It's crazy here. Well, what happened when we saw Tucker Carlson on Friday questioning Republicans who couldn't run away? We saw him completely destroy Mike Pence on Europe. We saw him destroy Tim Scott on the border and illegal immigrants. Ron DeSantis just avoided the question. And like, that's what they try to do. They avoid the question. They try to draw up support from the crowd. Asa Hutchinson got destroyed. This is what happens when they actually have to sit there and answer questions, which is why they never do. Trump's the only one who does that. He didn't go to this thing. And, and that's why people like him. He, he probably thinks that like it him. can't uh, help him to go to but, that. First of but, all. Go ahead. Well, I just want to say, uh, Asa, that's a girl's name. My I, I tripping? Like, Asa, like, bro, I, th- I think it's a, a 1920s name. Okay. Um, secondly, what John Kerry here is saying, um, w- without without the sugarcoating, is very quite simply... Rules are for poor people, right? That's what he's saying. <laughs> it, that's the Hillary Clinton school of, you know, like, yeah, well, it's the Gavin Newsom, the Nancy Pelosi, rules are for poor people, very simply. And um, I get closer, the more we sort of get, we, we work our way through this cultural war, the more I think that the the climate agenda, the climate crisis, the, the climate hysteria becomes almost as bad as the transformer agenda okay because the transformer agenda has been boiled down to just shouting over people and net like you can't just no questions nothing just obey and then as soon as you know a guy like uh, and i think this has happened a couple times over now but a guy like zuby will identify as a woman and then um dis- destroy women just to prove the point and, and you see you start to see these surveys even by newsweek or usa today or these mainstream articles or these mainstream outlets that say most americans don't agree with this i think you even wrote an article a handful of months ago about uh, i think it was I think, I think it was about african americans specifically and i shouldn't have even said that because i think we don't say african canadian we don't say african british neither here nor there the point i'm trying to make is i think this climate change thing has become it will eventually bypass the transformer agenda as being the most destructive quite simply because reality will undoubtedly come for the transformer agenda. They cannot outrun the truth, but the, the climate change agenda is, is not, there's no, there's no baseline for it, right? They can always just move the goalposts. The, the, the transformers can't move the goalposts anymore, right? Like they're going to get backed into a corner. They painted themselves into the corner. The, the climate change people can just, you know, change the science or they can say, oh, well, the world was going to end in 2021 or 20 or whatever it was. But now it's changed a little bit. So so they can always move the goalposts. 
because it's not based in any reality, right? So the, the makeup of a human being has a concrete truth and they wanna shut you down from spreading that very simple truth that really shouldn't have to be explained to anybody, but you can't say that. Whereas the climate change stuff can always change and you're not a scientist. So you can <laughs> never, you can never know about it. Like you, they're gonna talk to you about emission footprint and, and greenhouse and all this stuff. None of, none, of, none of it makes any sense, but they can move that much easier than backing someone into a corner who's saying, I'm gonna get a uterine transplant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that makes, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It, it's it's one of those things they can always move the goalpost on. Yeah. And whatever they can move the goalpost on, they will use to make you out to be a bad person if you don't go along with the things that make the money. Oh, Ukraine, you don't support it. You're a bad person. Let us both make money off destroying it and rebuilding it and funneling money in and out of it. Oh, vaccine. If you don't get it, you hate your relatives and you hate grand people, even though... It's about we, respect. Sure yeah, it, my mask protects you, so you got to <laughs> do it. All this stuff, it's about, you know, racism. <laughs> I, I can go off and on. Um, our last topic is going to be about how millennials think misgendering should be a crime. But please consider our Patreon at patreon.com slash uopod. It is there where you will see our three tiers, which you can contribute to, to get what, Eric? To get our free bonus podcast each week, which is uncensored and uncut and generally, you know, unauthorized, <laughs> you might say. <laughs> but patreon.com slash uopod is where you want to go. And look, these are Canadian prices. So if you're an American, then you can, uh, you know, get it for like, what, six or seven bucks, whatever the sweet exchange rate is for you. Eric came here a few months ago and, you know, I told me he had a 30% discount on everything. So... So you should do the inverse very soon. Exactly. And if you want to help us become Joe Rogan, or if you want us to be the Raptors super fan, who's a very rich guy who goes to every Raptors uh, basketball game courtside, or even uh, you really, really love us because we're both attractive young men, then you should pay and you will get the bonus podcast every single week. And I'm about to post a... Uh, exclusive clip before it comes out from my video of talking to people in Toronto where I confronted a climate protester and he basically knew nothing about anything and he left because I asked him <laughs> why he doesn't know you know he doesn't know any of the information surrounding him standing out there holding a sign he was like uh, he was holding a sign with the wildfires and saying that one of the banking companies has been contributing to the most uh, new oil projects in the country out of anyone. And I said, well, name one of the projects that you're against that they're supporting. He's like, oh, I don't know. I haven't looked into any of that. And I was like, you haven't looked into any of this? Oh, oh somebody's calling my name. <laughs> <Just a grindle. laughs> he, 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 he ran away after I started talking to a second couple. So he didn't know anything that he was talking about. He just went out there with a sign. And I guess he was doing his part. I don't know. So millennials, of course, who are offended by everything, and they started this whole "everybody's a winner" campaign, which I was never part included. of. As a, as a millennial, I, I never participated. Just want to throw that out there. You're, you're, you are what we tell you to be, Eric. More millennials <laughs> think this from Newsweek. Think referring to a transgender person by the wrong pronoun should be a criminal offense than think it should be legal, according to a new poll conducted exclusively for Newsweek. Now, of course, it's a it's going to be a poll. Depends on who they asked and where. But this generation of millennials, I mean, unless we start coming out with mass amounts of data, I don't know how much we can believe this. These are probably people who haven't thought about this at all, and they obviously think hate speech is something. 44% of those aged 25 to 34 think, quote, referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun, he, him, she, her, should be a criminal offense, end quote. Versus just 31% who disagree, the remainder neither, neither agree or disagree or don't know. I would like to ask these people why. Because what we've realized, Eric, that a lot of the things we've run into in this world today are based on hurting somebody, being mean. Get kicked off of Twitter for being mean. Uh, you got demonetized on YouTube for being mean. Any Everything boils down to being mean. And this is the entire paradigm of 
whether or not somebody's sincere in their beliefs, because they're not, the excuse is you're being mean. What it really is, is we don't want you to express these opinions because it's bad for us political politically, and that stops us from making money. True or false? Yeah, well, it, yes, it's true. And they know, as much as the media likes to pretend that regular people like you and I are absolutely insane, I promise you. And look, I'm not going to sit here. I, I can't say definitively, quite obviously. But I think if you go even into the dungeon, into the belly of the most extreme cities like San Francisco or Manhattan, the media is telling you that you're you're an outlier and you're the mean one and you're wrong. But if you actually go there and talk to people, if you spent a couple hours in Manhattan or in San, or even more, more notably Oakland, nobody's going. I shouldn't say nobody. That's wrong. Very few people are actually going to be on board with this. And I would venture to say that the people who are on board with this are, they don't actually believe it. They are just scared. Um, like we remember the girls from the whatever podcast went viral a handful of months ago, you know, saying that they know what a woman is, but they're too scared to say it. And I haven't read this article. We'll get through it a little bit more, but um, very simply, I, th- I think I think it's fake. I think it's like this is just them. This is just them on the next level of pretending that normal people are completely inappropriate. But it's just not the case. And if it were the case, there. What's the meme? There's a meme that floats around. It, it comes. It goes. Maybe not viral, but it, it shows up every couple of months. Where if 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 we were wrong, then their propaganda wouldn't be necessary, right? Mm. So they're doing this because they know that they're on the outs. And this is why I get really scared. I get scared is not the word. Concerned, okay? Um, That nothing's going to be on the level because now the rain is here. Um, Because if everything were on the level, it wouldn't have... Bro, we... Normal people still exist. There are regular kids playing baseball and soccer and basketball and parents and families and mailmen. All of, most of the stuff is absolutely normal. Me and you are eyeball deep in political culture war and stuff. So it seems like there's far more people actually doing this. But I think when you boil it down, there's a handful of people on Twitter who are trying to terrorize the rest of the world. That's all it is. And we are at this particular point in time continuing a battle against a tiny minority of crazy people who are trying to wield power. So there's um, there's a book that I'm reading. I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but there's a book that I've been... been <laughs> the <thinking>. Bible. <laughs> there, there's a book that I've been uh, tasked with reading, and it basically says, amongst other things, that oftentimes the minority will lead the charge, right? Because it's very easy. And actually, damn it, shout out to Tim Pool. And I'm just citing him, I think, at least for the second time today, is that it's easier It's easier to, to, to change the rules so that the fraction, the tiny minority, will be okay with it, right? So say for, um, it's easier to make, to make a kosher dinner if you have one kosher guest. Because the non-kosher people will eat kosher food, but the kosher person won't eat non-kosher mm. food. And, and no shade, I, I, I don't want to get canceled for it. I, mean, I should have given an example because I know there's a certain group. The point I'm halal. trying to make is halal, right? There's a, so there's a handful of other examples that I'm blanking on right now. But basically, you capitulate to the, to the minority because the regular people will just go along with it and they'll say, I don't care. Whereas the tiny minority will say, I'm not doing that because they are a little bit more, for whatever reason, steadfast in their beliefs and and for, for better or for worse. But you, you see what I'm saying? It's like the minority can steer can steer the ship, which is what we're seeing. Shout out to Dave Chappelle for the, you know, the LGBT car analogy. They're steering the ship because everybody else will get on board because they don't really care that much. It's just those tiny, that tiny few handful of people that care that they won't go the other way that makes sense so the poll was of 1500 people and uh the millennial figure contracts starkly with that for americans as a whole 
which is only 19% want misgendering to be a criminal offense. Still too high, of course. 65% uh, disagree. 12% neither agree nor disagree. And 4% answered that they don't know. Notably, Gen Z's 18 to 24 who can vote are notably less keen on making misgendering a crime than older millennials. 33% think that it should be the a criminal offense, while 48% disagree. So what was the original number here again? I'm not sure. The original number was. Nope. Let's scroll all the way up. Yeah, I guess so, eh? Oh, yeah, eh? 44%. <laughs> so even almost 20% more millennials than Gen Z's, or 11%. Still, they want it to be illegal compared to the even younger people who, by and large, are much more likely to have gender pronouns that are differing from the rest of the population because they are less, they are more immune to the propaganda. I would have to say being inundated with, yeah, with it on a daily basis. Whereas the Gen Z or sorry, the millennials, uh, I would wager people who are a bit older than us, my brother and my sister's age, um, won't tell you how old they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> They, again, they just don't want to be mean. And you see this, the Starbucks people, the people who work for Bud Light, anything that is mean or uncomfortable has to be completely avoided at all costs because that's how they thought, that's how they were going to get popular. That's how they think they're going to get popular on social media. And that's what gets rewarded a lot of the time. But that's what it all comes down to. And it's sickening, Eric. Final thoughts? Well, I, I think basically what you're, kind of saying is that the millennials a little bit older people are for whatever reason are more scared of the algorithm and more scared of the mob whereas maybe the gen z people who they don't even understand they never lived without the internet they don't they don't it's not as scary to them i don't know like for some reason they're like you know i, I was born with an ipad in my hand and i'm not really worried about it versus the millennials mm -hmm. who are a little bit older who still think that who still think that Twitter's real for some reason, like they haven't fully got a grasp on it. I'm not quite sure. I don't know if you can hear It's legitimately storming outside. I don't know if you can hear it now. But. No, I can't hear it. Okay. What I want to know is, you know, oh, I can hear it a bit now. It's fine. It's good ambience. Um, <laughs> this scene, I think it's C-19 bill that has taken a hold in Canada now where Facebook, Meta. Oh, yeah, we not, didn't even get to this. Will not, it, it's, it's silly anyways, um, I think. You know, they want they did this in Australia where they want Facebook to pay the news companies for appearing on their platform. The logic is they drive so many people to go to their platform for news. They should pay them for it. Doesn't make sense. They don't have like Facebook. Sorry, did a good job in building a platform that people would want to go to. I get the angle, but they're not obligated to pay you just for using their website. That doesn't make any sense. And of course, I don't think it should be a thing. I don't think they should be forced. I don't think they should pay them. But on the other hand, Eric, just go to a different, just go to the news website. If you're going to Facebook for your news anyways, I, I get it. It's easier to find all these things in one place. That's why I use Twitter, but I don't go to Twitter to look for all of the headlines. You just can't. It's good to get breaking stuff, but if you just want to sit and read the news, which I know that, you know, the grandmas and the casual news readers on Facebook, they're not going for, you know, what's happening just this instance, you can just go to a website. You can just go to CNN if you want. You can just go to Fox. You can go to Daily Mail. You can go to Timcast. You can go to Blaze, theblaze.com. Go to Huh, interesting. Interesting plug, Eric. Um, you can read me on the Blaze every single day. <laughs> we just had an amazing segment with Tucker Carlson. Amazing sit down. But what I'm saying is just go to the website, like either go and protest the thing, make some multimedia, make some videos about it, make posts about it. That's great. Um, they probably won't be seen in Canada, but either do something about it or just change. Like it's not that big of a deal. I don't support it, but to tell me that your life is ruined and changed because you can't get on Facebook to read the news is a lie. And what it is is companies want you to watch their stuff on Facebook and on Instagram and therefore they are upset about it, so they're going to tell you 
that it's the biggest problem in the world when really it'd be more beneficial if people just went to your website. The the click through rates on Facebook on Instagram. Don't know if you guys have noticed by the amount of times that you yourself have clicked on stuff and been like, oh, I better go click on this stuff from this Instagram story. It's not very high. Facebook gets way more than Instagram. Yes. But if you just went to everybody's website like the year was 2004 and you just got on your computer and you went to Infowars.com and you went to eBombs World and you went to geocities.eric's webpage with his favorite Linkin Park song on the front, then everybody would make more money. I'm just saying, they're pushing people towards your favorite creators, your favorite crowders, your favorite pools, your favorite Joneses, your favorite butlers and chapadoses. They're pushing you towards it, incidentally, and you're saying, no, I want to stay on the Zuckerberg lizard cast, and I want to watch him shirtless do MMA, and I would prefer that, even though it's the same thing with the RFK Jr. people, Eric. I think everything's stupid, but I'm going to post this old man, and it's not gay, and <laughs> he says one thing that I like, and he's amazing, but I'm still going to, you know, he still wants to, you know, take away your guns, but he's still amazing. It's the same thing. I hate Zuckerberg. He's a lizard. He's a robot. He's from outer space. Uh, he may or may not be Jen Psaki at the same time. But I, I would prefer to use his platform to read my news. Huh. We saw something similar I mean, with Tulsi Gabbard. Just because she'll talk on a surfboard, but her policies are still completely crazy. I'm just comparing that to the RFK thing. Shout out Not Intimidated in the chat who says, Will for sure Governor Krispy Kreme could sit on Trump. Shout out New York for when they offered the Krispy Kremes for the vaccine. Uh, shout out Dano76 says how we talked about Biden activating our military reserves. You're going to have to re-listen and find out or just sign up for patreon.com slash uopod. We are out of time today. Uh, bonus podcast later this week. Um, Eric's not quite ready to announce his announcement yet. He's announced a preview to an announcement of an announcement, I think. <laughs> and I will have a video tomorrow night from the streets of Toronto, a new vlog slash streeter video. We've got K-pop. We've got climate protesters running away. We've got me telling people not to commit suicide at the mall. We've got it all. Anything else, Eric? Buy my book, New York City 2020. As you know, it only gets better with age. Just like a fine cheddar cheese. Old slash fort. Turn it up, Jordan.